there are these kind of different checkpoints that they're looked at separately. So again, just kind of the thing to remember is if you had a dip in your 2020 uh, income uh, that would push you under those phase out thresholds, you want to file your tax return ASAP. Welcome to Retire Smarter with Kevin Krosky. Find answers to your toughest questions and get educated about the financial world. It's time to retire smarter. Hello and welcome to another edition of Retire Smarter. Walter Storholt here with Kevin Krosky, President and Wealth Advisor at True Wealth Design, serving you in Northeast Ohio, Southwest Florida, and we'll bounce back up to the greater Pittsburgh area as well. But even if you're outside of those typical areas, you can always reach out if you have any questions for Kevin, of course. Check us out online at truewealthdesign.com. Kevin, it is great to be with you today. How are you, sir? Walter, it's my pleasure, and uh, I'm good. Um, Happy to announce my wife and I got our first vaccine shots uh, over the weekend, so just a few days ago. and. we are we are on the path to immunity. I feel a little bit like Superman today, not completely, <laughs> but a budding Superman, if you will. Uh, I'm really enjoying the extra finger that I have for my first shot. So uh, that's a little like min- <laughs> mini superpower that it's I've bonus, attained. right? <laughs> I <laughs> love that people, positive attitude. <laughs> people were afraid of the side effects. I was like, I don't know. It could be a positive thing, depending on how you look. It's all about perspective. Kevin. Uh, no, I, right. I, I also got my first shot, and I agree with you. There is this little bit of, and it's probably not a good thing. There is this little bit of Superman feeling of like throw caution to the wind now like you have to actually actively fight against that just just a little bit but it's a good feeling to uh, feel a little bit more protected against the virus and its effects and all those kinds of things and I, I certainly sense the positivity in the air around me of other people getting vaccinated and boy life just inching a little bit back to closer to normal which it feels good for sure yeah did you uh Moderna or Pfizer or Johnson and Johnson uh Pfizer, Pfizer so is what yes. uh what we got so we Same didn't here. we weren't discriminate, kind of whatever, wherever we could get an appointment, quite candidly. And uh, it just kind of happened that we got Pfizer. No, uh, no crazy, in in all seriousness, no crazy uh, side effects. Did you guys have like the day where you didn't feel very good or anything like that? For me, no. Um, My shoulder where uh, I received the shot was a little sore the next day. (laughs) I woke up. I'm like, well, I I had a good workout. I'm like, wait, I didn't work out yesterday. I got a shot. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly how I felt. Yes. It was like, did I work out? No, sure didn't. (laughs) Um, But my wife, uh, yeah, she was, uh, so not same day, but day after, was feeling a little lethargic, queasy. I'm not sure if it, you know, certainly we're not sure if it was related to the shot. But she was not feeling well kind of about, I don't know, 24 hours later or so. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we're recording pretty early, you know, two days post shot. And uh, she's, she seemed fine this morning. So, so good. far, so good. Good. Well, fantastic to hear that. And um, I think that'll be uh, a, a common story. It sounds like a lot of people having kind of that similar reaction. And I wonder how much is in the head, too, of just sort of you start to feel a little off the next day or the day after, and then you, does your brain make you feel even more off because you're expecting it, you know, that kind of thing? Like if you're expecting oh, yeah. the pain or something We have like a that. friend that's a hypochondriac, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. If she gets the shot, I'm sure it's going to be the case. So, oh, Man, too good. Well, hopefully everybody's getting healthy, uh, getting shots, protecting themselves, all that good stuff out there. And uh, it, it doesn't hurt that bad. I had a tetanus shot a little bit before. I ended up getting the uh, Pfizer shot, and that thing hurt way more than the Pfizer shot did. My arm was sore for about two weeks afterward from that one, so I guess everybody's a little bit different in how they handle it all. Well, this is a busy month. We're recording this near the beginning of April, in the first or second week of April in that time frame, and uh, this is a busy financial month every year, Kevin, because it's tax month, obviously. 
But there have been a lot of changes recently, um, you know, the tax date getting pushed back, but not necessarily, I think, in, in all states. I remember there being some question of were states going to follow suit with uh, the federal pushback dates. We also have had stimulus checks come out. So even busier than normal, this April has uh, already kind of kicked off with a bang. For sure. And you know, we've been getting a fair amount of client questions recently. You know, we are kind of working through tax season. And a lot of people are getting larger refunds, maybe because there's, they did not get the stimulus check or didn't get all of it. And basically, it's kind of reconciling on their tax return. You know, just two weeks ago, we had, um, let's see what the official name was, you know, American Rescue Plan 2021. Uh, so American Rescue Plan. So that was kind of um, coronavirus stimulus 3.0, if you will. And that was passed at the end of March. And those checks uh, are just going to start coming out uh, this first or second week of April. And, um, and there's been some pretty big changes to how the stimulus checks are basically not just being processed, but also how you can qualify for them or not qualify for them. So as we've gotten these questions, you know, you get a few questions and often it'll make sense to do a podcast episode about it because there's probably many more people that have similar questions. And so not only are we going to be answering those questions around the stimulus checks and kind of how they work and what can we expect here, but there's also importantly some planning uh, aspect, particularly this year in 2021 uh, for it. Uh, so I want to at least kind of plant a seed on that. It's going to be more fourth quarter type work for for us and a lot of our clients as we're doing their tax planning for the year, or at least truing it up. Um, and then also there's some pretty big uh, tax credits for healthcare uh, that were put into this as well. So we're not going to go through all, I don't know, 5,000 plus pages of the American Rescue Plan 2021, but we're going to go over the stimulus checks. We're going to talk about the healthcare tax credits. We're going to talk about some planning implications and hopefully distill this down and bring some clarity to it. Perfect. Where, where shall we begin? All right. So let's just kind of look back on um, kind of a year ago now or so um, where we were in March of 2020. So the CARES Act came out, and it was the end of March or early April, but that was kind of the first uh, big round of stimulus payments. And uh, basically, as it related to stimulus checks, it was uh, $1,200 per person uh, plus $500 per child under the age of 17. So that's one thing to keep in mind. So if you're just you know kind of married couple, husband and wife, and your kids are grown, then potentially you're eligible for $2,400. What it was based on is your adjusted gross income, so not your gross income, um, not your taxable income, which is what we pay tax on, but your adjusted gross income. So it's kind of in between those two. So your AGI, it's uh, you just kind of look at the bottom of, of your tax return. You'll see the adjusted gross income number that's there. But you know it was really based on your 2018 to your 2020 tax return. So really three tax years here could uh, allow you to qualify for the stimulus check. So in the way that it worked on a high level, there's some intricacies to it uh, that don't really um, matter to go into. But uh, whenever this came out, if your income was below a certain threshold for AGI and they had your 2018 tax return on file, it was based on your 2018 tax return. And again, this kind of came out like late March of 2020. Um, if you think about last year, you know, tax day was pushed out all the way to July. Um, so, you know, you may not have filed your 2019 tax return. So if all they had was your 18 tax return on file, it was based on 18. And then there was kind of another iteration that came out, like it was if you had filed your 2019 return and if you now qualified, then, hey, you got some more money or you got your money then. 
And if neither 18 or 19 worked, but 2020 you kind of got under this, this AGI threshold I'll talk about in a moment, then it's reconciling as you file your 2020 tax return. So basically because of this, you know, some people that maybe weren't eligible on their 18 or 19 tax returns are picking up this stimulus uh, credit on their 2020 tax returns um, that are being filed, you know, really as we speak. So three tax years is kind of what to remember there and um, $1,200 per person, you know, plus uh, additional amount if it was a child under age of 17. So these phase outs, these AGI phase outs, adjusted gross income AGI for short, I started at, if you're a single person, $75,000 and uh, basically double that if you're married filing joint uh, at 150 and it completely phased out at uh, about $24,000 more than that. Um, so 75 plus 24 takes you up to 99. And uh, 150 plus you know, 24 times 2 or 48 takes you up to 198. For round numbers, I'm just going to say you know, it completely phased out at $100,000 to $200,000. And this assumes that there was no eligible kids or kids under the age of 17. It kind of convolutes things a little bit, but this phase-out range um, really depended upon the size of your potential stimulus payment. So again, what I just gave you—the phase-out range of uh, call it, you know, seventy-five to hundred, or if you're single, one hundred and fifty to two hundred. If you're married, was assuming that you have no children. If you have children under the age of seventeen, then the phase-out range um, started at the same level, but actually extended a little bit further. Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind. So that was kind of the round one. That was CARES Act. That was March 2020. That was $1,200 per person. Um, round two happened at the very end of 2020. And this was uh, a lot smaller in terms of the stimulus uh, amount. It was basically down to $600 per person. Uh, and small change here. So rather than $500 per child under the age of 17, it was just $600 per eligible person. So that was you know mom, dad, as well as any kids under the age of 17. Same tax returns, you know, 2018, 19, and 20. Um, candidly, you know, everybody should have filed their 18 tax return by December of 2020, or you had a little bit of trouble uh, with the IRS. Um, so you know, pragmatically, it was really based on the 19 or 2020 tax returns. Same phase out range, starting points, 75 if you're single, 150 uh, if you're married filing jointly. But again, these phase-out ranges depend upon what they call it a recovery rebate or what the stimulus amount was. So it actually phased out more quickly because it wasn't $1,200 per person as round one was. It was $600 per person. So again, without getting into the details, but just it phased out more quickly. Um, basically, if you're married filing jointly, it was completely phased out. Um, at 174,000, assuming you had no eligible kids, 87,000 if you're single. So those were kind of the first two, you know, 2020. Again, they're reconciling on the 2020 tax returns. So if you didn't get the payments, you know, based on your 18 or 19 tax returns when other people were getting checks, but you qualified in 2020, then you know you may be getting a larger tax refund back as you file your return, and it may be somewhat of a surprise, but that's really where it's at. Everything is just reconciling on the tax return. Um, let me pause there. Walter, I know this is, uh, gets into some gobbledygook because it's you know, <laughs> related to how these laws were written, but um, any questions or comments on anything I covered about round one or round two? 
No, I've just made a note that I need to make a uh, dream sequence sounder so that uh, because you like to do this often on episodes. Let's go back and then we go back and come through time. So be prepared for a dream sequence sounder in future episodes. (laughs) That's all. Otherwise, yes, I'm tracking you. All right, good. Well, and it's been a while since we had the egghead alert. I have it ready if if we get to it. All right. Um, I've gotten a lot of feedback on that. It was a big hit, by the way. We have, so we have to wait for something that uh, rises to the level of, uh, you know, fungible or, you know, something like that. If we, if we start talking with, what's the thing now? Non- terminal non-fungible. wealth dispersion. Oh, yeah, there, no, terminal wealth right. dispersion. I couldn't remember if it was that or non-fungible tokens or something like that. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, NFTs, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So round three, this is the one that was just passed March 2021, the American Rescue Plan. Again, I wonder who, if they have like a specific marketing person, like they come up with, you know, here's the law writers, here's this, here's that. Who gets to name these things? Uh, I wonder, it's, it's kind of a different skill set, I would think, to put kind of a branding name on it. You know, it's. And um, to think you'd have to like go through history to figure out, okay, has this been used before? Or can I play off of something that was used in the past and slightly change it, but it's like an homage to that previous rescue act of 1931 or, you know, something along those lines? Yes, no, I agree. They all kind of sound the same. CARES Act, I thought was pretty good. You know, you got a nice little acronym there. It was, I have no idea what CARES stands for, but but at least the acronym um, I thought was very apropos. So anyway, um, back to March of 2021, just a few weeks ago. Now the stimulus um, amount is $1,400 per person. And it's not just children under 17, but dependents. So that's that's a change. Um, so, you know, here you could have uh, a little bit of an older child, you know, maybe somebody senior year of high school or college still dependent upon you. You could have, you could be a baby boomer and have an elderly parent that's um, that you're is living with you and providing more than half their support. And you can claim them as a dependent as well. We have a few of those client situations. Uh, so the, the eligibility definition changed here a little bit. The amount increased. It's now the highest that it's ever been. Uh, and same thing, though, in terms of tax returns. So still based on three different years, 2019, 2020, and 2021. So everything is for this $1,400 is going to reconcile on the 2021 tax return. But, um, you know, the IRS is looking at, well, what's the most recent tax return that I have on file? So most people... Probably still, I don't know, I don't want to say most, but a lot of people still have not filed their 2020 tax return. So 2019 is the most recent return uh, on file with the IRS. So as they're starting to send out checks this week or next, they're looking at the most recent tax return that they have. Uh, 2019 will be it for many people. And they will, if you qualify based on your 19 return, they'll send it out. Um, If you don't qualify on your 19 return, there's going to be another, they call these checkpoints, uh, and I'm not sure when the next checkpoint is. I don't know if they've announced it, but uh, the next checkpoint will be looking at your 2020 tax return. And assuming that you filed it by then, um, they will look at it, and maybe you didn't qualify based on 19, but you qualify on 20 because your income's lower. Well, they'll send out the $1,400 per person then. And then finally, the third checkpoint is reconciling things on the 2021 tax return. So this will be filed about this time uh, or thereabouts next year in 2022. Uh, So same sort of three years, you got these different checkpoints. um, And not only has the, the amount and the eligibility definition changed from the prior two, but the phase out has changed as well. So in round one and round two, it mattered. uh, The phase out, it's the same starting point. It's the same 75 if you're single, 75,000, 150,000 if you're married filing jointly, but it's no longer based on what the potential recovery rebate was. 
Um, rather it's more uniform and it phases out quickly. You know, it's, it's completely phased out or the $1,400 per person is gone. If your adjusted gross income is more than $80,000, if you're single or $160,000, if you're married filing joint. So this is important. So some big changes with this round three, as I mentioned, again, another quick recap, $1,400 per person, not just children under 17, uh, and say you and your spouse, but also dependents. That includes older kids, as well as potentially, um, say, your parents or somebody else that uh, lives in your household, and you can you contribute more than fifty percent um, uh, of their means. It's based on nineteen to twenty twenty one tax return. So again, same three years there, but the AGI phase out is different. It starts at the same seventy five thousand single, one hundred fifty thousand married filing jointly, but no longer based on the potential recovery rebate, aka stimulus payment. Now it's just more uniform, and it completely phases out um, as your income goes from eighty thousand AGI for single, one hundred sixty thousand AGI married filing jointly. And you can think of it as when it's saying phased out. You know, it's it's kind of pro rata. You know, at, at say if you're a single person, your income uh, EGI is seventy five thousand. Uh, then you're going to get the full fourteen hundred dollars. You know, if you're it's completely phased out at eighty thousand, it's only five thousand dollars more of adjusted gross income. Um, so if you're say twenty five hundred dollars over the seventy five thousand or seventy seven thousand five hundred dollars, well, take fourteen hundred divided by two, and you're going to get a seven hundred dollar stimulus payment. Uh, so that's the way that that phase out works. Quick aside here. Um, so these checkpoints that I mentioned, how they're kind of paying it out over time, even though everything is going to reconcile on your 2021 tax return, each of these checkpoints are looked at individually. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, let's say that um, you wait really long to file your 2020 tax return. So you wait all the way until October. But maybe you know your income was high. Maybe you made two hundred thousand dollars in two thousand nineteen. You were in an industry, and your position was disproportionately affected by COVID. You had a big income dip in two thousand twenty. Maybe you only made half that amount, or maybe you're a business owner or something like that, and uh, your restaurant was closed down, whatever it may be. But then twenty twenty one, maybe things rebounded, and you're back up at the two hundred. In that kind of case, you want to make sure that you file your twenty twenty tax return really ASAP. You want to because if you don't do it, say if you went all the way through you know, October, which everybody can get an automatic extension through October fifteenth to file their tax return, but that that checkpoint number two that I mentioned will have been passed by that point in time, and you because you won't have filed your twenty twenty tax return, the IRS is just going to be looking at two thousand nineteen tax return. Hey, you made two hundred thousand. You're completely phased out. You don't get the fourteen hundred dollars per person, um, and then you go to file your 2021 tax return in say, you know, 2022 and uh, your income rebounded. So now you're back at 200 and you're kind of checkpoint three, you know, you kind of failed. Uh, so while they're looking at the three-year tax returns, there are these kind of different checkpoints that they're looked at separately. So again, just kind of the thing to remember is if you had a dip in your 2020 uh, income uh, that would push you under those phase out thresholds, you want to file your tax return ASAP. Interesting how the timing has sort of uh, shifted through the different phases of the pandemic where, at, you know, some people will want to file things as fast as possible. Others are delaying as long as possible just to try and, you know, get the best possible situation for them. It's kind of like everything else in the tax world, right? You're here are the rules. And then where can we float 
and how can we interpret and, and move through those different rules um, to you know put ourselves in the best position using the rules to your advantage, um, not having to pay more than you know you have to. So it seems to kind of fall in line with everything else in the tax world that we've talked about on on past episodes. Not not paying more than your fair share, right? Well, yeah, for sure. You want to take advantage uh, of whatever you can here, but um, <laughs> maybe I'll vent a little bit. But I, candidly, this stuff is, um, you know, this is so short term thinking. You know, you had Trump did something on um, in his final year of office where, hey, you could stop paying payroll taxes if you want, but then you got to pay them back next year. And, um, you know, it's it, it made no sense. You got all of this operational work from an HR and a payroll perspective to do it. Um, most of the employees probably are not going to understand it. They're going to get a surprise that they're going to have to pay this stuff back. You got tons of resources and energy that's just wasted uh, by like an executive order like that. Or now you got, you know, now that the Democrats kind of got um, their will that they imposed in this most recent one. And, you know, it's varied from what was in there before and it's changing. I mean, it's so convoluted. I get it that certain people need help. You know, there's certain industries and certain people and certain segments of the population that truly, truly need, you know, rescue, that need stimulus. I would argue that just sending out checks and kind of helicopter money and bazooka, you know, throughout the U.S., not really the most effective way to do it. But, uh, hey, what do I know? I'm, I'm just a guy that understands math and economics. So, you know, it's, it is what it is, but then this is going to go away and then you're going to have something new. So from a business owner perspective, it's good to be able to kind of think and plan long-term when you're doing this kind of short-termism like this and, you know, executive order this or, you know, budget reconciliation that, and then it's gone. It's, it's quite candidly, it's a waste of resources and ridiculous. And it's not really targeted to the, a lot of the people that probably need it. So that's our political system, uh, but that's what we have to deal with. And what we will do for our clients is just make sure that, you know, that we do invest the resources to understand this stuff and make the most out of it. Um, so then they can, I don't know, do whatever they want with their money, pay less, you know, maybe lobby, you know, fund a candidate things longer term, uh, I can wish. But there we go. So that's, uh, that's my vent for the day, Walter. I, uh, hopefully that wasn't uh, too inappropriate. But I like the rant. I thought it was good. Um, it does have, I have this image of the cartoon, um, you know, the cartoon character with in the boat with lots of different leaks springing up and trying to plug the different leaks and each one just makes another one come up or a little bit like the game of whack. It just kind of feels a little bit like, you know, you're venting about the short term fixes and the short sightedness of kind of everything that still totally ignores the long term problem, which I know is something we're going to kind of transition to in our next episode to talk a little bit more about kind of where all this is headed. Um, So it's just interesting to bring that perspective a little bit. And this is just the stimulus side of things. We haven't even (laughs) gotten into the uh, other changes and other tax credits. If we want to complicate things even further, you talk about trying to keep up with all these different changes for for the layperson. It can be difficult. Yeah. So a couple things I'll mention here. I won't go into detail. Um, We'll probably revisit this in the fourth quarter. But a lot of times, particularly, you know, if you're working, you may not have as much control over your income. When you're in retirement, you know you can you can certainly um, have a lot more control and craft your 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 tax smart distribution plan, pulling money out of different accounts that have different tax ramifications, whether it's an IRA and fully taxable, a Roth account that's tax free, or you know taxable money like the cash you have down at the bank. Uh, you know you take it out of the bank. There's no tax implication there. So very commonly, uh, because the tax rates have been lower um, under, I'll just kind of call the Trump tax plan, um, 
you know, we, we've been targeting income uh, right around 170, 174,000 for many, many clients. Uh, the reason being it's a 22% tax rate, which is low for them. Uh, it's lower than what they were paying, you know, pre Trump tax plan. Um, uh, that current law is going to go away come 2026 and very well may go away sooner than that with some forthcoming changes this year. We'll see. But, you know, if you think about what I just mentioned for round three, um, that stimulus check, I mean, you're completely phased out at 160 and the phase out is pretty quick. So there is a big incentive um, to keep your income uh, under AGI, that type of income under 150,000 this year. Because if our original plan was just to go to say 175,000, uh, but hey, I'm going to lose out on $2,800 for my wife and I uh, if I go from you know over that 150 to my kind of my target, my tax target of 175. I'm going to lose $2,800, and I'm only increasing my kind of tax range in that example by 25,000. 150 plus 25 takes me up to that 175 target. So if I can just kind of convert that to an imputed tax rate. You know, you take twenty eight hundred dollars and divide it by twenty five thousand. Um, it's about eleven percent tax rate. Just kind of doing the math in my head. So we started at say, hey, you know, we want to have this one seventy five income target. It's a twenty two percent tax rate. That's great. However, if we do that and we don't get that fourteen hundred dollars per person, it's really twenty two percent base federal tax rate plus another eleven percent imputed tax rate because it's a loss of round three stimulus. Now I'm paying a 33% tax rate. I don't like that. So there's a lot of clients. Um, and one other quick caveat, one of the reasons why we go to 175-ish is um, for those clients that are 65 plus, that's where really kind of there's a, the Medicare uh, income-related adjustments start applying. And uh, basically that, that adds another, what I would call imputed tax rate to what you're paying round numbers you kind of, there's some variables, but call it, you know, three to four and a half percent is what it's adding. Um, and so, you know, those are the things that we're kind of thinking about and we have to redo and rethink some clients tax plans. So, um, but to, to make it a little bit more complicated, if they, maybe if they qualify based on their, their 19 return or their 20 return. And they already got the stimulus payment, you know, through checkpoint one or through checkpoint two. And again, these are just happening right now for this most recent stimulus plan. We need to know that because each of those checks are kind of independent of the other. So even if, you know, we go up to $175,000 of income in 2021, but they already got their $1,400 per person, that's fine. And then we can keep with our tax plan that we want. So, um, so yes, we got a, ton more work put on our plate uh, this year, um, and which is great because you know some of this complexity will be able to add value, but we're really going to need to rethink this for certain people. So um, that I don't know if that's worthy of an egghead alert. That's just more like an IRS kind of <laughs> law alert, I suppose. Um, but those are the things that we're going to be working through this year. And, and, and Walter, we still haven't gotten to healthcare. <laughs> There's still one one more layer to get to. Oh my god! One more huge layer. Uh, very briefly. <laughs> uh, so uh, for our clients that are, are not on Medicare but are retired and they're or in, I guess they just don't have to be retired, but they're on. Uh, they're not on a group health plan. They're on a, an exchange plan. So under the Affordable Care Act. Uh, so the way that uh, and we've. We've talked about this. Um, I wrote an article on it, um, October 2020, if you want to check it out on the site. 
And uh, the article title is How to Get a $16,168 Tax Credit on Obamacare Even If You Are Affluent. Um, and again, it kind of comes back to these income ranges. Uh, so in short, Obamacare limited what somebody paid to about 9.5% of their income. Um, maybe a little bit less depending on your income, but if you went over a certain threshold, then th that 9.5% cap did not apply anymore. And for a lot of our clients who, you know, husband and wife, kids are grown, um, that, that threshold is about $67,000 of, uh, and technically this is not AGI or adjusted gross income, it's MAGI or modified adjusted gross income. Um, I'm not going to get into the technicalities for, for the podcast, but there is an important difference that's there. If you go a single dollar over this threshold, historically you get zero premium tax credit. You know, the 16,000 I mentioned in that article is gone. But the law change uh, is now it's limited to eight and a half percent, so not nine and a half. And there is no income restriction. So, you know, again, husband and wife, form magi modified adjusted gross income to 67,000 you could still get um a tax credit and if you went over it it was completely phased out now that's 67,000 it doesn't matter if you have 100,000 or 200,000 or you know 2 million dollars there's an 8.5% cap um that's applied to it so let me give you kind of a quick example uh and this is a true true life client case so clients are in their their late 50s their income this year, we'll see. It's probably going to be just over a hundred thousand uh, dollars, depending on some things that we do and some spending that they need to make. Um, but if you just say, for example purposes, let's just say it's a hundred thousand dollars. So this eight and a half percent cap um, would limit their just call it an expected contribution to eight thousand five hundred dollars, just a hundred thousand times eight point five percent. These clients are paying nearly twenty thousand dollars a year in healthcare premiums. So there, there's the article goes into this calculation, but um, it's it's really references that they call it a premium tax credit for Obamacare. It ref, there's another reference plan, so it's kind of it's the second lowest cost silver plan in your market in your zip code, and you subtract your expected contribution from that. So simplistically, let's just say that you know this twenty thousand dollars a year is that second lowest cost silver plan. So I take the twenty thousand dollars minus their expected contribution of eighty five hundred dollars. They're going to get $11,500 premium tax credit that uh, is going to be reconciled on their 2021 tax return. Um, so I just shared this with this client uh, literally via email yesterday. I haven't heard back from him yet. I must have not checked his email, but I can rest assured that they're going to be darn happy to know that they're going to get about a little bit more than 10 grand, a little bit more than 11 grand in a premium tax credit. And it was completely unbeknownst to them. So there's going to be certain people where this is going to be very, very beneficial for. And also, like I mentioned, you know, I, I kind of mentioned that 175 income target, you know, and I mentioned Medicare. If you have somebody that, um, you know, maybe that Medicare threshold doesn't apply, you know, we still want to, we still want to may, maybe keep somebody's income a little bit lower this year, um, depending on this premium tax credit too. So assuming that they're retired, assuming that they're not on COBRA or group health plans anymore, and they're on this individual plan and kind of bridging the gap to Medicare, another big, big change. There's some other changes uh, related to it as well, but this is going to impact, I can at least think of about a handful of clients and they're going to get 
significant dollars back on their tax return. And I did get an email from a client where it seems that some of the healthcare companies are actually uh, reaching out to their insureds and uh, kind of advancing this premium tax credit. So that means that you know, I had a client that was paying a pretty low premium and um, she said, hey, my, my insurance premiums are going down. They were 200 and I think she said they were going down to like, you know, 50 bucks. And I said, well, you know, that's great, um, but it, it's not really the healthcare premiums that are going down. They're still the same. It's just the tax credit is going up and they're advancing that credit to you. So I, it, I'll, we'll see. I didn't see anything written in um, this, this law about how companies had to respond um, if they do have to advance this, if it's just going to be all reconciled on the 2021 tax return whatever. But ultimately, it's going to be reconciled on the 2020 tax return. If it wasn't advanced to you, you're going to pick it up then. Lots of moving parts. Uh, Nothing that quite rises to the level of egghead alert on its own, but I feel like the entire episode has been a little bit of an egghead alert just because, wow, so much has changed, so many moving parts, numbers. It's hard to keep track of it all, Kevin, but... I'm glad that you are. You're doing that for us. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, I mean, honestly, it's important. I don't enjoy this type of, I enjoy saving money on taxes, but it's frustrating to me with just all the, I mean, I think we just need to take a little bit longer term view about our society and our laws and things like that. But I get it that people need help now, but some of this short termism just, I, I'm a planner. I'm a long term thinker, Walter. What can I say? It's not my natural mode to just kind of think short term like this because we're going to do this we're going to invest a lot of resources we're going to make sure that our clients save the money that they can uh, and then it's going to be gone <laughs> and so it's mm-hmm. it's not like we're investing in the future we're we're investing in the next year or two and then back to the drawing board as things are going to change again so i don't know maybe it's a full employment act for financial and tax people um, but i don't really think it's the best thinking that we have for our country in general well, I, I thought your point earlier was really good, too, of just the feeling of, okay, let's make a decision that seems like it's going to be good and puts money in people's pockets, but creates so much work to do so and to track it and to implement it that it's kind of like shooting itself in the foot instead of just you know making it a little bit more streamlined and efficient. I know that must drive you crazy, too. Yeah, it, it does. Um, politics, I am not a fan of politics whatsoever, but um, but nonetheless, it is what it is. Uh, we'll deal with it. We will make sure that our clients are uh, get the most that they can and make smart decisions, and, and that's our job. And uh, one of the things that uh, is also popping up will lead us into the next episode is, hey, with all this spending that's going on, um, do we need to be concerned about that? What about inflation? What about deficits? Do we need to be thinking differently or doing things differently? So I'll kind of leave that um, for the next one, but uh, that's where we're heading. Lots of client questions have been coming in recently, uh, some from the podcast, some from just everyday interactions that Kevin has had, and that is kind of going to help lead us through our next couple of episodes, in fact, as we kind of continue to walk down this line. So inflation, spending questions, all of that will be coming up on the next episode. In the meantime, if you have any questions for Kevin, want to talk a little bit about your financial situation, there's a few ways that you can get in touch with the team. You can call 855-TWD-PLAN. That's 855 855- TWD plan, or go to truewealthdesign.com and click on the Are We Right For You button to schedule a 15-minute call with an experienced advisor on the True Wealth team. That's truewealthdesign.com, and we'll put contact info in the description of today's show, as always. 
Kevin, thank you so much. You were fired up today. Went on a rant. Lots of good stuff. <laughs> Somewhat of a rant, I guess. It's uh, fairly tame compared to some airwaves out there. So, That's true. Yeah. Your, your rants are not uh, not not too grating on the ears. No, you're, you're you have very well thought out rants. So, it's not <laughs> well, thank you. Walter. Non non emotional rants. You have lots of facts and figures to go with yours. So it's all good. <laughs> are you calling me boring? <laughs> no, no, no. That's why we have the egghead alert, not the boring alert. <laughs> thank you. No, you're, you're good. Uh, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for listening to the show today. We'll look forward to chatting with you again soon right back here on Retire Smarter. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed. All performance reference is historical and not an indication of future results. Benchmark indices are hypothetical and do not include any investment fees.